But their hero held them tight I'll start Folgers to brew Mountain-grown aroma coming through Folgers aroma roasted coffee Made from mountain-grown beans Richly roasted and finely ground For great waking-up aroma Oh, what that aroma can do Brought a day for me and you The best part of waking up Is Folgers in your cup I'm just kidding. I totally had them playing that. Here's the deal. Our series is uh, that we're going to be spending some time in over the next five weeks is worldly wisdom. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be focusing some of our attention on uh, the, the words or phrases or thoughts that our world is speaking to us on a regular basis. These things might be coming to us from things like a billboard that you see uh, driving down the road. Uh, it might be the kinds of things that you see on uh, TV, commercials. Uh, it might be the kinds of things you see when you stop at Bucky's and you go into the little section where they're selling signs, right? And those signs are meant to be put up in your living room or bathroom or whatever it might be. And they're saying things to you. And some of these things aren't, uh, aren't super obvious. Some of this stuff isn't super obvious. Some of this stuff is kind of lighthearted. Uh, some of it gets deeper. Some of it's not so deep, all that kind of stuff, right? And even now as sharing uh, a couple of the things that are on the back, um, these are just a couple. We're not gonna necessarily be preaching on all of these, um, but I wanna ask, how would God respond to some of these things? How would God respond to some of these things? And how is... Um, how would God maybe either a, a respond or how would God's way be different? Or how would God's way potentially be different? And so I'm glad you haven't been focused and listening to anything I've said the past five minutes. Um, but that's where we're going to spend some of our time over these next couple of weeks. So today, today, I, I hope that'll be fun for you. I hope that'll be kind of fun for you. And if there's one that is especially sticks out to you or something like that, make sure you share that with us. Um, there's actually, uh, well, I, you know what? I'm not going to say it right now, but there's one in particular that I, I think I might have to preach on. And um, yeah, yeah, we've all seen it and it's just kind of funny. But today I want to kind of start off a little bit lighthearted. Okay. I don't want to go into like some crazy cultural thought or something. I just want to start a little bit lighthearted mostly because, and I almost took today as a one-off and not part of the series, because I really want to talk today about rest, okay? I really want to talk about rest with you today. So the, the little cute little phrase that I do find kind of interesting that I'm going to respond to, but again, it's kind of more lighthearted, is life runs on coffee. Life runs on coffee. Yeah, exactly. I knew it. Uh, yeah, some of you, you know, this is maybe going to touch a little closer to home than others. Life runs on coffee. I want to respond to that, and I want to just think a little bit about that, but ultimately, that's kind of a nice little cute little phrase, right, that we've all seen. We've worn the t-shirt. We've got the mug. We've got the sign put up somewhere or whatever in our house. Um, as lighthearted as it kind of is, the rest side of it, 
uh, is, is really where I want to engage with today. And I want us to get us thinking a little bit about it. So I brought my air mattress. I know that looks like a flo uh, floaty for the pool. Some of you maybe got those for the pool, but that's my air mattress back there. And so today is a great day for you to sleep during the message and totally get away with it, okay? Yeah, because it just fits with the message. So if y'all doze off, nobody's going to even fight you. It'll be just fine. So today's a great day to nap during the sermon because it's going to be about rest. Rhythms of rest, rhythms of rest or lack thereof. I want to talk about ultimately the, the rest that we find in Jesus. And throughout all of that, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Sabbath, the Sabbath rest and, and uh, kind of looking at scripture for some of that as well. So I'm a little nervous because I have, honestly, this week has been me cutting more than it has been adding to my message. And so there's just a lot that I want to talk to you about. And so my prayer is that it would just come through really clearly what you need to hear today. So let's actually go to the Lord. Let's pray. And then we're going to dive into this message on uh, really rest. Okay, let's pray. Lord, help us right now. Uh, probably myself more than anybody. God, I pray that we would simply hear from you. God, this is an incredible opportunity for us to really be Sabbathing. I, I think of so many people in this room who really have Sundays as their Sabbath, their time of rest. Um, and so I even pray that I would be used by you today to help our people, help people who are here, help people who are online to keep their Sabbath. And um, so help that to take place even now as we hear your word, as we hear you speak to us. Um, speak to our souls, Lord, the things that we need to hear. Really not a word more or less than that. Jesus, thank you for this time. May it bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It was actually interesting. I recently asked our senior leadership team of our church, how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? And they all, almost everybody in the room said, we're tired. We're just tired. It's one of the reasons we actually canceled. We actually uh, canceled our July meeting. Uh, because we just said, you know what? We're just, everybody's just tired. How many of you are just feeling tired? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, you're just tired in a deep way. Maybe your soul's tired. Maybe you're physically tired. Maybe you're spiritually tired. Maybe you're, you've been going uh, through a bunch of stuff in life and you're just exhausted. You're tired. And we're gonna talk about rhythms of rest a little bit today. And we're going to talk about ultimately the rest that we find in Jesus. Um, I've been hearing this phrase lately, uh, you know, I'm excited to go back to normal. I want to go back to normal. I want to go back, I think a lot of times we're thinking pre-COVID, right? Man, do you remember pre-COVID? Yes. Yeah? yeah? <laughs> do you remember the craziness of pre-COVID? Do you remember running 100 miles an hour down the highway to get, you know, from one sports event for your kids to the next sports event for your kids? Do you remember the, the calendar and how full it was with stuff that you had to get done? 
Like you had something every night of every day of the week. Do you remember working 70 plus hours a week? Do you remember just like the craziness, the busyness, the stuff that you just, isn't it amazing that like there's a part of us that wants to go back to that kind of busy? We actually get drawn into busyness, I think sometimes. You know, I've been reading this uh, just to kind of familiarize myself. I read it years ago, this book by Kevin DeYoung, and I'd encourage you to pick this book up. It's called Crazy Busy. And I just revisited a couple chapters on it this past week, and one of the quotes that he says is this. He says, sometimes I wonder if I'm so busy because I've actually become, I've come to believe the lie that busyness is the point. We're so busy sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes we get so busy because we've believed the lie that busyness is actually the point. We're supposed to be busy with tons of different activities and tons of different things. And we've kind of, here's what we've kind of done. We've kind of switched from, and, and this is really the, the, the heart of today's message. We've switched from a grace and then work mindset to a work and then grace mindset. We've begin to, we, we kind of start to believe this lie, this thought that we're supposed to just work, 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 and then grace. And grace essentially gets cr- translated as crash. We work, 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 until we crash at the end of the day. Work, 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 get up 100 miles an hour, millions of things going on. We just, there's always something happening to then the end, which is grace, which is crash. Isn't that kind of interesting that we kind of, some of us almost lean into that and we almost want to go back to that. Do we really? Is that really what we want to go back to? I find this kind of post-COVID or wherever, however you define where we are right now, this world we're living, it's an opportunity. I see right now as a huge opportunity for some of us to make some adjustments in our life that we'd actually see as to be beneficial, to be potentially helpful, to to make some adjustments that would help our family, to help our relationship with God, to, 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 to move some things and adjust some things because it's been a little bit of a reset for us. Let's take it as an opportunity to kind of hit the reset button and make some adjustments that we think would actually be beneficial. That's part of today's message revolving around where is rest finding itself in our lives? See, coffee... Life runs on coffee. Coffee feeds the frenzy. But, but it's not just coffee. It could be anything, right? And I love coffee, so I'm not downing coffee. I drink more coffee than most of you. Trust me. I got the shakes. Not? Okay. Well, this isn't the competition. I like my coffee too, but isn't it funny that coffee feeds the frenzy. Coffee or, 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 or other things in our life begin to feed this mindset where instead of starting from grace and then work flowing out of grace, we actually work, 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 work. We've switched it all. We work, work, work. And because 
busyness is the point. We need things that will actually feed the busyness. And so we got to drink coffee because we need to have energy because we've got to keep going until the end of the day when we grace or crash. Technology feeds into this. Now, I'm, I'm kind of keeping technology away from today's message, although I want to go there really bad. He's got a great chapter, great couple chapters on technology. And he talks about the mushiness that technology has brought to all of this because now you don't even have to leave work, you know, at work. You bring work home because it's on your phone or on your computer. And so it begins to get rid of rhythms in our life. It begins to get rid of rhythms. And so the rhythms that we used to kind of have, even just by nature, we start to lose some of that, even with technology. Now, that's not to diss technology. That's why I can't talk about it too much because there's too much to talk about. But technology begins to feed some of this. Physical rest. You know, how many of you are physically tired? Even this morning, you're tired. You're exhausted physically. We got to look at some of this a little bit. I got a couple of quotes here. Um, um, uh, 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 let me just kind of find this quick. Here's, the, here's, the, here's a couple quotes. This is from a guy named Richard Swenson who wrote in Margin, Restoring Emotional, Physical, Financial, Time Reserves and to Overload with Lives. I don't have this on the screen, but just listen. By all accounts, we are sleeping less than ever before. The average American gets two and a half fewer hours of sleep per night than a century ago. We're sleeping 14 hours a week less than a century ago, those people, whoever lived back then, lived or slept. Uh, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, more than 40 million Americans get fewer than six hours of sleep a night. Who's getting less than six hours of sleep every night? And then Kevin, he actually goes on in the book to say, with no environmental cues to force us to bed and plenty of gadgets to keep us away, we're simply getting, we're not getting the sleep that we need. You're not getting enough sleep. You're not, you're not getting enough rest. And part of us are getting fueled this idea that that's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be busy. You're supposed to be busier. And our rhythms of rest are being stripped away from us. Not stripped away from us like they're being taken away from you. You're doing it to yourself. You're allowing those things to be taken away. We're not eating well. We're not sleeping well. We're not exercising. We don't know uh, relaxation techniques. Uh, we don't know how to unwind we think we know how to unwind because we've learned this thing called binge-watching Netflix. Binge-watching. Same. Binge-watching Netflix, though, it's fascinating. Go do some research on this. See, what we're actually talking about is a hormone called uh, cortisol, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an anxiety. It's, a, it's an anxiety, actually. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Health people, whatever. I don't know. What? Whatever, it's cortisol is something. I don't, I don't know, I'm pretending like I know, but I just researched it a little bit this week. But high levels of cortisol are connected to anxiety and stress and those kinds of things. And it's interesting because there's research that would actually say as we binge watch TV, it, even though we think and we, we feel like we're supposed to be resting in that and we're unwinding, there's actually connection to actually cortisol levels going up. So you think you're binge watching, you think you're resting, you think you're really 
whatever at the end of the day. And you're actually connecting potentially more stress and anxiety to your life. Or at least cortisol levels are going up. We don't even know how to unwind properly. We've learned some techniques or somebody's taught us those techniques from billboards or commercials or what feels good because sometimes it can feel good, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the anxiety, the stress, those kinds of things are going away. We don't know how to do some of this stuff. Some of you just need a nap. Some of you actually need a nap. So sometimes one of the most spiritual, I remember a message once where I, a guy was preaching. He said, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can, man, there's, how is this church not an amen church after a comment like that? <laughs> I don't even understand. I, I mean, I try to get you guys to be amen people and you're just never, that was the setup. That was the softball across the plate, man. That's a home one, home run band. But yeah, we just need a nap, some of us. Some of us need better sleep. You know, this last Friday uh, into Saturday, my wife let me sleep in Saturday morning until eight o'clock. I haven't slept until eight o'clock in a long time, is how it feels. I got nine hours of sleep Friday night. Went to bed at 11 o'clock. It felt awesome. Yesterday as I was working on my message all day and working on setting up for some youth stuff in tomorrow, last evening and stuff, I felt awesome. I felt like a million bucks. Just physical sleep. We're not getting the sleep. If you're getting less than six hours, unless, you know, some of, you know, we're wired up differently. Some of us need less. Some of us need more, sure. But you might not even just be getting enough physical sleep. Because you think you're unwinding, but you're actually adding cortisol to your life. Then you're going to bed really late at night because there's no, there's no environmental cues to shut you down. Years ago, when the sun went down, you went to bed. Now you got this little switch. The light switch goes on and you become in control. You become in control. This is technology a little bit of when you can go to sleep or you, know, you get to control all that. That's fascinating to me, but it's feeding the frenzy. It's, we're switching the work grace mindset. What I want to do is I just want to talk to you. I, I find this helpful. I want to talk to you, after kind of setting that up a little bit, I want to talk to you about how God designed the day, and I want to talk to you about how God designed the week. And I could even into month and year, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to talk day and week. What you got to do is just open up your Bible to Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Usually I'm preaching more from, directly from a text like we had been through, the, uh, through Jonah. This one's going to be a little different. If you, do, if you hear too much preaching like this, where you start with a word from culture and then you kind of match it up with scripture, that can be a little bit dangerous. We're going to be doing a little bit of that uh, usually I like starting more from God's word and building out, okay? This is a little different, but I, I find it to be helpful if you do it in, in small chunks. So life runs on coffee. What is, how does God set up the day? Let's look at this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made. Now God creates the world here, okay? God saw everything that he would, had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. 
So here's a 24-hour day that God gives. Notice how it starts. How does the, this 24-hour day, how does that day start? There was evening and there was morning. The day. How many of you think of the day like that? Evening, then morning. How many of us treat the day, and the, the very first thing you do every day is go to bed? Nobody treats the day like that. Nobody does, right? Why? Because we've switched the work-grace mindset. When the day begins with you going to bed, that's you leaning into grace. I'm going to get myself out of the way, let God do his stuff, and when I wake up in the morning, half the day's already been done, and I simply join God in what he's already doing. We don't do that. We wake up, and in our kind of egocentric lives, the day starts when Seth wakes up. The day starts when I start to grab my coffee. And now I'm supposed to run as busy as I can throughout the day, do as much as I can, accomplish as much as I can until I get to the end when maybe there's some grace on the back end called crash. And I crash and over time and over time and over time, I start to even burn out. Is that anybody's lives? Yeah, because that's how we treat the day. We treat the day as when I wake up, whenever that is, your alarm wakes you up, that's when the day begins. No, 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 no. When you wake up in the morning, half the day's over. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Grace is God's activity. Grace is God's activity. He is the one who creates the day. He is the one who sets it up the way he sets it up. It's interesting. Even Jews to this day treat the day like that. It's amazing to me that it's Christians who kind of kind of don't sometimes make some of these connections. I know I didn't until I was taught it. But what does it look like for the first moment of my day to, to, to pray with my wife, Lord, this day begins anew. It's not going to start with me and my activity. It's going to be starting with me and my going to sleep. And I'm going to surrender that first initial activity all to you. I'm going to lean into grace. This book has been one of my favorite books of all time. Eugene Peterson, Working the Angles. And this is one of the quotes that he has in it. Uh, this is written primarily for pastors, uh, but I'd encourage anybody, honestly, just it's a little bit hard to read, but this baby uh, has been a real blessing to me. And he has, a, he has a chapter in there on the Sabbath. And this is one of the things he says, this is one of the things he says about the day and this kind of idea of, of starting the day sleeping in grace. Listen to what he says. I go to sleep. I go to sleep to get out of the way for a while. I get into the rhythm of salvation. 
while we sleep great and marvelous things far beyond our capacities to invent or engineer are in process. The moon marking the seasons, the lion roaring for its prey, the earthworm aerating the earth, the stars turning in their courses, the proteins repairing our muscles, our dreaming brains restoring a deeper sanity beneath the gossip and scheming of our waking hours. Our work settles into the context of God's work. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that amazing? I'm seeing one head bob, so that's great that that blesses you. We take ourselves too seriously. Come on, that'd be another amen in some churches. We take ourselves too seriously. You think you're all that. You think you're what keeps the world running. You think it's the coffee that you need to keep you going because you're so important and you're so, oh, I got so much to do. I got so much going on. Maybe you're actually wanting it like that because you think that's the point. Do you see that? That's fascinating to my brain. As I think about that more, I think it's about this move from grace to work and work becomes the focus instead of grace. Psalm 46.10 has been one of the verses. I almost call it my COVID verse. Be still. Stop. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So how has God designed the weak? So that's how he's designed the day. Look at the week. The next verse is here. Genesis 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested, there's the word sabbat. Shabbat. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God Shabbat from all his work that he had done in creation. He ceased. He stopped. It's not that God was so tired. It's that he ceased. He stopped his creative work, his creative uh, creating on the six days. He stopped on the seventh. The first day for Adam and Eve is this day. This first full day for Adam and Eve is this day of grace, of God stopping. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, this moves then even even more so into the commandments. Did you know that the Ten Commandments have remember the Sabbath day? and keep it holy. I was taught it as the third commandment. Some of you know it as the fourth commandment. You can go look at these, but it's interesting because Exodus, in the, as the command is given there in the 10 commandments, as the commandment is given, it's connected. You gotta go read this. It's connected to, it's connected to um, uh, God as creator. In the Deuteronomy account, it begins to connect the, the, this commandment Two, it begins connected to the, the, the context of the creation and relationships. 
Peterson actually says it like this. Listen to this. He says, the Exodus reason for the Sabbath directs us to the contemplation of God, which becomes prayer. The Deuteronomy reason directs us to social leisure, which becomes play. Listen, the Sabbath... The Sabbath, and there's lots of, I mean, there's more sermons that could be spoken or preached on this, right? But simply, the Sabbath is about praying hard and playing hard. It's about praying hard and playing hard. How are you doing with that? Or has the Sabbath become another day where you have all these activities that you have to accomplish stuff? Or, or should Sabbath, see, Sabbath really means stop, cease. It's more about what we don't do than it is what we do do. Kids, high schoolers, anybody with kind of a mind like that. Right? It's more about that stuff that we don't do. It's about being. It's about being. When have you ever spent a Sabbath and you just were? You just spent the day Um, You just spent the day not trying to accomplish a bunch, but just being, enjoying, enjoying and delighting in God and delighting in creation. See, this is where coffee becomes totally part of it. Because you can delight in coffee. See, we should delight in coffee. But there's a difference in mindset between delighting in coffee and having it be the thing that feeds the frenzy. It's a day for prayer. It's a day for play. You know, you just think about, think about Adam's first day in the new creation. What did that look like? Did he go to church and just, oh, man? What did that first day look like? I think he enjoyed God. He delighted in God. I think he delighted in creation. And he ran with the deer. And, and he played And he just, he delighted in creation. He delighted in his creator. If you're coming to church on a Sunday morning and there's not a delight in the creator, delighting in him, prayer, what is prayer? It's connection with God. That's why we're here today. We want to connect with him. We want him to connect with us. We delight in him. It's why we sing to him. Who else do you sing to? Maybe your spouse, if you're musically kind of inclined, right? Why would you sing to your spouse? Because you delight in them. We sing to God because we delight in him. We go home today and we get some good food at lunch because we delight in his creation. We go grab a cold beverage of our our, our favorite choice kind of beverage. We go sit on our back deck and we watch and we look and just watch the, the, the grass and the clouds and we just, because it's a delight in creation. We play and we go and throw around a disc golf or maybe we mow our lawn because we enjoy that and that's a, it, it, it's something that kind of fuels us. It's not just trying to accomplish something but we enjoy mowing our lawn or maybe we, we could do some gardening or whatever it might be because we delight in creation. Part of my job, y'all, is to actually help you keep your Sabbath. 
I want to help you keep your Sabbath. That's part of what my job is. And so that's why we've tried as a church not to just do a ton of activities as a church and stuff. I want to free your Sundays up. I want you to go home now and enjoy and maybe get with some people that you care about the most and family and friends and and you get with them and you spend time with them and you enjoy creation and you enjoy the creator. Praying hard and playing hard. Do you have a day where you just do that? It might not be Sunday. You know, quite honestly, my day, I wouldn't say my Sabbath is Sunday. Um, My Sabbath is probably more closely connected, although our family is so invested in the dwelling and we love this church with everything we have. We're here every week and we're we're gonna receive the sacraments and we're gonna hear the word and we're gonna be in worship and delighting in God. Yes, that's part of it. But when I'm here, I'm so focused on, on pouring into keeping you, helping you keep your Sabbath. For me, Fridays, you know, it's interesting. Even this past week, I talked to my wife about us changing. I talk about Fridays as my day off often. And Peterson, he really challenges that. He says, stop. Well, he actually uses some language in that. It was, ooh, it was some fire, some good stuff. He comes after it and says, no, no, that is your Sabbath. A day off might be something our culture gives to us. Why does our culture give us a day off? So that we work more. Isn't that amazing? Your boss gives you a day off because he knows that that's going to help you work harder. It's all about work, 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 do more, do more. And if I got to even give you a day off, see, my day off is probably Sunday afternoon and, and part of Saturday. That'd be my day off as a community, kind of a, a connection of two half days there. My Sabbath? The day where I'm not, I'm not going to try to accomplish anything. I'm going to enjoy my family. I'm going to spend some extra time in the Word. We're going to be in the Word. It's going to be Friday where I spend most of that time for me. Our leadership's got to help me make sure I'm keeping Sabbath. It's amazing to me. Out of all the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath keeping, keep the Sabbath holy, is the one sin that when we break it, we actually brag about it. We brag about breaking the Sabbath. I'm working so much. I got so much going on. And we're, we applaud those people. Good job. You know, we don't maybe say it, but we applaud. Working a million hours. Great. Wow. You must be amazing. It's the one commandment we'll brag about breaking. Wow. God has graced us with this. He's given us these incredible gifts. It's a day for prayer and a day for playing hard and praying hard. It's not, it's not about, just really quick, it's not just about, um, you know, and, and see the, the old uh, Judaism and stuff had turned it into that where it was all these rules and regulations and uh, you couldn't walk too far and all this stuff. That's silly. You think that's, Adam spent his first day with all these rules and regulations on how he's supposed to engage with creation? No way. He played. He enjoyed the creator and he delighted in creation. You drink more coffee on your Sabbath than any other day. You suck it down. You delight in it. But make sure you're starting from grace. 
and then stepping into the work and your work fitting in the context of the grace of God. See, at the end of the day, this is where the message has to move towards Jesus being our ultimate rest. See, even keeping the Sabbath, even doing that throughout this life, guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna get older, you're gonna get tireder, your body's gonna start breaking down. Some of you are already experiencing that and at some point you're even gonna die. Even keeping the Sabbath, is, it falls short of the real rest we need, right? We know we need something even more than just a day because sin has come into the world. Brokenness and disease and, and death and decay, it's found its way in and so Jesus has to come on the scene and Jesus says like in Matthew 11, come to me, you who are burdened, you who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. That's the deep, deep, deep soul, deepest spot in your being's need. That's the, the rest you ultimately need. Jesus, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter nine actually says there is a Sabbath that's bigger and more important than the Sabbath day. What is he talking about there in Hebrews? You gotta go read the context. Ultimately, it's Jesus. Jesus is that Sabbath rest that we need. Today, if you're feeling a tired that's beyond physical, if you're feeling a tired that's beyond emotional, if you're feeling a tired that's beyond uh, 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 psychological, if you feel a tired that goes to the very soul, to the, it's the kind of tired that it's like two in the morning, you can't shake it, you're still up, you feel the weight and darkness of life pressing in around you. If you're feeling that kind of tired today, it's the God of the universe, Jesus, who's saying, come to me, let me give you rest. That's for you today. That's for any one of you. That's for anybody watching online right now. Jesus wants to give you deep rest. Romans 5, verse 1. The justification that comes through faith. What does it do? It brings to us peace with God. Rest. Deep rest. Ultimately, it's not about a day. Although that is a gift from the Lord, although it's part of his creation that we live in, it's a blessing to us. I do think we get it all screwed up and backwards and twisted up. And I think today is hopefully uh, we begin to think about how we can untwist some of that. We can begin to, to make sure that we are actually Sabbathing, ceasing, stopping. Get, you know, we didn't talk technology too much today, but being careful to bring work now to your afternoon. And if you are, then you might need another half day somewhere or a quarter day where you can actually rest and Sabbath. Delighting in the creator, delighting in creation, just being, not about doing. This is hard. As I've reflected on this with four little kids, five on the way, 
Sabbath rest can be a challenge. You got to get a little creative. You got to get a little creative. Are we actually even enjoying creation? Is there a difference maybe between going bowling and going up to Sam Houston and going and do for a walk in the woods? There might be, you know, you got to start thinking through some of this. You got to start getting a little creative. I like watching TV. But am I watching so much TV that cortisol levels are going up that's actually being counterproductive to what I'm actually trying to do? Maybe. I got to watch that. I want to pray hard. I want to play hard. I want to start calling it what it is. I want to start calling my Friday, Sabbath. Literally the other day on my calendar, I have day off written all through July. In August, I'm going to start writing Sabbath, Sabbath, Sabbath. I want it to start shaping the way that we engage that day. Really delighting. Not, not being more, oh, no. Delighting more in God's good stuff. Friday night, Friday night going to bed, we, I walked out onto my back deck, or little patio thing, and just sat down on a chair and just watched the clouds. You know, for us, at least where we live, we don't have any mountains, maybe you guys do, I don't know. We don't have mountains where we live. We don't have a river, we don't have trees, we don't have anything, but what I've noticed we do have is clouds. And we were talking about that the other day. God's given us some just, we got a sweet shot of some clouds. And so just walking and basking in sunsets and stuff, delighting in God's creation as I'm drinking a beer or something like that, or whatever. Not a beer if you don't want to have a beer. But if you want a beer, just drink, you know, whatever, a, a beverage of choice, a Mountain Dew or something, and just delighting in that, you know? And, and focusing in on the Creator, God, you've created all this. Are you kidding me? That puts me back into that perspective of grace. And then I wake up in the morning to a day that's half done. And I can start saying, God, what are you up to today? How can I join you in your day and what you're doing? It's not going to be about me and begging you to come and join me on my day because it's all about me and work and all the things I have to accomplish. No, no, no. I'm going to join you, God, in what you're doing today. I'm gonna be watching for how you've put me into contact with certain people. I'm gonna be watching for the activities that I do need to accomplish and I do need to get done. Some of you just need a nap. That's how I might need to end this message. Some of you just need a nap. But I think there's a bunch of things we can learn from this today. But at the end of the day, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. He's that one who gives that deep rest, guys. And there will come a day when you and I will enter into the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. We will enter into eternal rest. What's that gonna be like? We're gonna be just singing all day? Most boring heaven ever? No way. You know what it's gonna be? It's going to be delighting in the creator and delighting in the new heavens and the new earth. I don't know exactly what that's all going to look like, but I think that's what it's going to be. And we're just going to delight in it. And we're going to drink a ton of coffee. Let's pray. Jesus, 
I get nervous about a day on talking on rest because I know that sometimes it can come off like, we've got to keep the Sabbath. And what makes me a little nervous about how some people may have heard that today is that uh, they would actually make keeping the Sabbath another activity that they need to do and to keep doing, and it's just another thing. And it just adds more to the stress and anxiety and all that kind of stuff. If that's somebody's hearing that today, God, I pray that you would shape their heart to really latch on to this idea that it's about starting from grace. It's about starting from the activity that you have won for us on the cross through your death and your resurrection, through, through the, the faith you've given to us as we hear your word and as your spirit leads us to look to you, Jesus, may that draw us into a place of grace. Recognizing it doesn't start with us, it starts with you. And as we begin there, as we start there at that place of grace, then we step in. What amazes me to even more grace, we start to learn about your creation, about the way you've set it up to even bless us more. It's just, so often it's just more grace upon more grace and more grace. Even the fact you allow us to work, even the fact you allow us to work and engage your creation and be part of it. That's a grace. You know, I think of Genesis 2.15. You give us work even in perfection. It's not like work is the curse, Lord. So it's just more grace. You just keep dump truck loading this into our lives. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for where I've made it about just work, work, work. I know I've done that with this church plant. I know I've made it about more what I need to accomplish than what you're doing. And I'm sorry for that. God, I know that within my family, I've made it more about what I as a dad need to do than it is about looking to you and what you're doing in my kids' lives. God, I know that as I've looked at my marriage, it's been more about what I need to do and accomplish. And God, you call us to those things. But help us to be listening to you and not to necessarily the world on how I should be even being a, a husband. Forgive us, Lord, for where we have made it all about work, where we've made it about busyness, where we've made it about getting more done. When oftentimes, God, you're calling us to simply be, to rest in who you've called us to be, your sons and daughters. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this incredible teaching that you've taught to me.
chew, but everybody watching online, it's going to be something we chew on for the rest of this week.